Okay, we're live. How you doing, everybody? And welcome to another episode of the John Riley Project. Thanks for joining me. You know, we're getting December going. It's December 2nd, and we're going to break down the San Diego news, uh, San Diego headlines, got some commentary. So, hey, welcome. Thanks for joining me on the live stream. Really appreciate it. Thanks for coming on board. This is what we're going to cover today. We're going to get into um, a the 160 billion with a B, 160 billion dollar um, uh, commuter rail uh, situation here in San Diego. Is it worth it? We're going to break that down. We're going to talk a little bit about a sheriff in East County that was tipping off cannabis raids. I thought that was a pretty interesting story to discuss and follow up on. Um, Imperial Beach has got their own housing issues. You know, we've been talking about housing all over the county. So Imperial Beach has housing issues. Um, the Lemon Grow Buy One, Get One Free campaign, which I was hoping to get to Wednesday. We're going to talk about that today. Um, there's been a pretty big piece of news as it pertains to San Diego County and the vacation rental situation, Airbnb. We're going to discuss that. We're going to talk a little bit about the decline of home prices in San Diego County. And then we're going to open it up to the community forum where you can get involved. So um, thanks everyone for joining me, you know, on this. This is, uh, like I said, this is a, a San Diego local news. And this is something, you know, that I'm experimenting with. Um, I had been doing a lot of interviews with political candidates. I'm, I'm trying to explore this idea of maybe covering a handful of news topics and then also kind of blending in some of my own commentary and then inviting your thoughts and comments that we can discuss in the community forum. So if you're watching on YouTube or on Facebook, you can type in your comments and we'll discuss those at the very end of the headline section of the podcast. So that's what it's all about. So here we go. Um, we're going to talk a little bit now about the, um, the San Diego commuter rail. Is it worth it? I mean, this is what they're talking about. Some of the, the mass transit plans that are being discussed for San Diego County. And in the Union Tribune, there was a really good article. And they do this like about once a week where they'll interview a number of, of economists and other business leaders in San Diego County. And they have a question, you know, yes or no, do you like it or not? And it was the question was, was the $160 billion San Diego commuter rail, is it worth it? And it was a really interesting bit of conversation. And what are your thoughts on mass transit, mass transportation? I mean, obviously, there's a lot that needs to get done here. I mean, this is a $160 billion with a B proposal. They need to fix the bluffs that are along the Del Mar Beach, right, where the bluffs are starting to cave in, they're starting to erode. That's a serious problem. I mean, again, I don't know why in the heck there's a, a, tr a train going along the beach in the first place, uh, but that's what the reality is. They're going to have to figure out a way to prop up those bluffs. There's even been discussion of a tunnel. The second part of this is that they want to have an extension of the trolley system that goes from downtown to the airport. I mean, that seems like a no-brainer. I'm, I'm shocked that wasn't baked in to the original plan from the start. Um, that would obviously be a big win. But there's a lot of other upsides to it. You know, they were talking about environmental benefits, maybe it potentially easier for people to get to work, possibly less auto traffic. You know, they want to kick off this 200-mile rail situation in the county. That sounds nice, doesn't it? But, you know, there is no utopia. There are always trade-offs. $160 billion. Now, they're in San Diego County, they're about $3.2 you do the math, that's roughly 
$50,000 per person. And that just sounds like a mind-blowing number. 50 grand a person is, you know, ballpark. And obviously not everyone's going to use it, but 50 grand a person, I mean, that's just insane. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. So it's crazy how when they start throwing these numbers around, 500 million, a billion, 10 billion, 100 billion, 160 billion, at some point as citizens, they all kind of blend together. We, we lose our sense of proportion. I mean, we know the difference between a $10 bill and a $100 bill in our wallet. I mean, for sure. But when we're talking a billion, 10 billion, 160 billion, I mean, Take $160 billion, divide it by $3.2 million, and it's like $48,000 and change. I mean, it's just incredible. So um, there's also how they're funding this. They've been talking about funding this with an increase in the sales tax. Well, the sales tax sounds interesting, but that hits you know, the middle class and the poor more disproportionately. You could even say it's a regressive tax. There was discussion of having a mileage tax on cars. You know, where cars are already paying a gas tax. Part of the motivation for the mileage tax, of course, is the um, uh, the electric vehicles. And you know, we've got two EVs. I mean, we're the first uh, guy, people on board with that. We we enjoy our electric vehicles. We power power them with solar from our rooftops, and we love them. But you know, the the common talking point is that they don't pay gas taxes. But actually, electric vehicle owners pay significantly more for their annual auto registration because they have an electric vehicle. Does that work out to more or less than a gas tax? It's hard to say, depending on how much you drive. But isn't a mileage tax, in my opinion, is kind of Orwellian. You know, it's kind of like they, they're following you around. They know where you're going. Um, is that really the right way to do it? I mean, are they going to check your odometer? Are they going to put a GPS unit on your car and follow you around? I mean, what's the plan? One innovative idea that I did here is that if they did have to go to a per mile fee, one way to do it would be to have some kind of a tax on tires. Um, because then that sort of kind of works out where you're kind of using the roads, you're paying proportionally for usage. And that makes some sense. But um, if there is a mileage tax, that's also going to disproportionately hit the poor and middle class much, much greater. And we've even talked about, and we'll talk about this in a minute, about how people are commuting really long distances. In our Wednesday podcast, we talked about people that were commuting from Ramona to Rancho Bernardo, in some cases from Lake Elsinore to Poway. Now imagine they're already paying a ton of money in gas. Now add on to that a per mile fee on their car. I mean, that's unbelievable. Now, supposedly the San Diego Association of Governments has dropped the per mile fee. So um, you, you know, is it going to come back? We're not sure. The other part of this, and again, I'm a big electric vehicle proponent, and it just seems odd to me that there is this continued sort of romance with trains, um, that trains are the beautiful thing they're going to get us around. And, and yeah, trains are, are very effective in a lot of parts of the world. I mean, I've been on commuter trains in Tokyo and in, obviously in New York City, in Boston, a lot of areas, as well as in Europe, and they are very effective. But that infrastructure has been built. I mean, and we're like almost at ground zero. And a lot has changed between the time trains were built in these other nations and where we are today. Now, one of the downsides with rail, of course, is that it's a fixed 
track. You can only go where that track goes. And once that track is locked in, that's it. So you might get sort of kind of near your destination, but then you're going to have to figure out a way to get you know beyond that. There is a lot of innovative ideas coming forward with electric vehicles, autonomous driverless electric vehicles. Those are right on the horizon. Those are going to be coming sometime this decade. And, and frankly, some of the technology is already being used now. In other cases, we're talking about electric vehicle buses and mass transit. And frankly, a bus can go wherever a bus needs to go. It doesn't have to be on a fixed track. That's another angle to this that makes you wonder, do we really want to spend $50,000 per San Diego resident, which is just a mind-blowing number. That's what, a, that's what $160 billion is when you do the math. The other thing to, that I've noticed is when I'm driving on the freeway and I see the trolley go by, I always make a mental note to just roughly try to look inside and see what percentage occupancy is in, are in those cars. And with the exception of a, a trolley that's going up to the Aztec game at VAS Arena or going down to Petco Park, generally those trolleys, they're lucky if it's 50% full. It's usually like 20% full. So it makes you wonder if we invest $50,000 per person, is there really going to be ridership? Because in the very beginning, it's only going to still get you, you know, from major junctions. It's not going to get you deeper into the neighborhoods, which is ultimately where you need to go for work or to go home or to go visit your family and relatives. So it's going to be challenging. Um, and yeah, I mean, San Diego, we already, it's California. We pay the, some of the highest taxes in America. The gas tax is the highest by far. The income tax, the highest by far. Our corporate taxes are really high. Our capital gains taxes, I think, are the highest by far. Um, it's in our property tax, while the rate, you might say, is not that bad, maybe near the median, maybe slightly above the median of all the 50 states. But our the, the, the check we write for property tax is a huge number because of the value of the homes. So they just want to keep layering taxes on top of taxes. So, and then we're now entering potentially a very difficult economy where people may be struggling for work. People are going to have tight budgets because of inflation. People are, and we're already seeing layoffs in the tech sector. There have been layoffs in manufacturing. Um, we're probably going to see as the housing market continues to cool, there's going to be probably a downsizing of work of, of labor in the construction business. So we're in for kind of a rough little patch here. So interested in what you think about this. I encourage you to go to the San Diego Union Tribune in the business section. And, it, and the question was posed, should San Diego region continue with a $160 billion rail expansion plan? What do you think? If you got a thought or a comment, type them in on the live stream on either Facebook or YouTube, and we'll get to that at the conclusion of the podcast. Okay. Um, wow. So, you know, the last, we, we did this on Wednesday night and um, we went for like two hours on this podcast. Tonight, we're not going to go anywhere near that. Um, I had 14 topics on the table. I think today I've got seven or eight, which is about right. Um, we can kind of hit on the main points and I can inject some of my thoughts and we can get your thoughts and opinions as well. Okay. Let's go to this next story. And this is, was was a shocker when I saw this. Um, and 
this was about a sheriff in East County that was tipping off marijuana dispensaries, alerting them when the sheriffs would be coming in and doing raids. I mean, this was crazy. Um, and, and we learn, as we learn more in the article, we learn more about this individual who right now he is in prison, not because of this, not because of tipping off the marijuana dispensaries, but because he was in prison for selling guns, you know, these off-market guns that the police had. Um, and that's kind of was a whole other deal, which we'll talk about in a minute. But there were cases where he would alert an individual who then would alert the owner or the manager of the marijuana dispensary that tomorrow at a certain time, there's going to be an unannounced raid. And so it gave them the heads up to like move some of their stuff, maybe offload some of their product. And then when the sheriffs went in, they were expecting to find a great deal of of marijuana or cannabis. And it turned out there was a lot less. And it was really odd. It was really curious. And they finally figured out it was this guy that was doing it. It turns out, this is unbelievable to me, that that some of these dispensary owners were spending between $5,000 and $8,500 per month for the opportunity to get these tips. So corruption in the sheriff's department. Now, we can talk about the 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 gun charges this individual was involved in, and it was kind of unusual. It was um, guns that were only allowed to be sold to other law enforcement officers, but he was selling them to other influential people, not only to make money, but to gain influence in the community because he was a he was aspiring to be the San Diego County Sheriff. This was one of the leaders of the sheriff's department in East County. Um. And that was, you know, it was involved with that was Ray Lucia from, you know, the, the Ray Lucia, the, the jeweler here in San Diego County. It was a very interesting story. But the main point that I'm focused on is this bit about cannabis, because the why, why are sheriffs raiding cannabis dispensaries in the first place? That's the big problem here. You know, yeah, there's corruption. We don't like that. But that guy's in jail right now, although it's on other charges. And I don't I think he's not going they're not going to be able to double dip and go back to, you know, assign this to him as well. In fact, I think he's going to be out of jail in a few months. But why are the police or the sheriffs raiding cannabis dispensaries in the first place? Cannabis, we've talked about this before. Cannabis is a medicine. Cannabis cures or relieves pain in a wide degree of categories. PTSD, glaucoma, anxiety. Um, PTSD is safer than, I'm sorry, <laughs> cannabis is safer than alcohol. Um, but there still continues to be this reefer madness voodoo vibe around pot that continues to make it a problem for people. And even though it's been so-called legalized, it's still heavily policed. It's still heavily taxed, so heavily taxed to the point that the underground market is still thriving, which is kind of crazy. I mean, the whole point of making it legal was to make it safer 
and an above board business in the sunshine, in the sunlight, rather than something that was dealt with back alleys, you know, with a guy you knew. So to me, this is unbelievable that A, the police are raiding cannabis dispensaries in the first place. Isn't it supposed to be legal? B, an aspiring San Diego County Sheriff was actually involved in getting pay pay money, you know, getting paid off to give tips about future rates. Unbelievable story. Um, As a society, man, we just need to chill out on, on cannabis. I mean, come on, folks. This is the 21st century. We learned a great deal. And oh, by the way, prohibition doesn't work. That's been proven in the, in the 1920s with alcohol prohibition. And when you make it illegal, then it has all of these unintended consequences. And this is one of them. Or maybe in this case, maybe it is legal, but it has, is so heavily regulated. You still get a lot of these unintended consequences. So it's unbelievable. Okay, moving along. Um, on the live stream, again, we welcome your thoughts and comments. If you've got a uh, response, a reaction, a question to some of these news stories that we're covering, you can see them on the ticker at the bottom of the screen. Let me know. Type them in on Facebook or on YouTube. We'll read your questions and comments on the air in the community forum. Um, got a couple more topics to get into. Let me know what we're do- how we're doing here. This is kind of an experiment, right? I did it Wednesday night. I'm doing it tonight. If I'm going to do headlines and news, I mean, it really needs to be more than once a week, right? I mean, this is going to need to be a little more timely. I'm testing this. I'm testing whether, A, there's traction, there's interest, and B, whether I have the energy and stamina to do this consistently. Um I think the proof in the pudding will be is when we do these, we take the YouTube uh, video when it's concluded, and then I edit it and I chop them into pieces, and then I have these as individual segments. So even from the Wednesday show that we did, I've already parsed that out into a number of individual segments, and more of those will be coming. And I think that's when we're going to really understand how effective or how potentially this particular project can do. Okay. Um, Moving along, and... uh, what is the next topic here is – I got my notes out of order here. There it is. Lemon Grove. That's where we want to go next. Lemon Grove. They're putting together this buy one, get one free campaign, which is something. Um, sounds like like an ad from the penny saver. Um, Lemon Grove officials – you know, they're, they're, the economy in Lemon Grove is really struggling. They are not generating enough tax dollars in Lemon Grove – really to keep that city afloat. In some cases, the people are talking about maybe Lemon Grove needs to evaporate as a city and kind of go back in as and become a town in the county. It's They're really struggling to have a financial model that works for their government, for their city government. Now, meanwhile, there's a lot of distressed businesses in Lemon Grove, and there's people that need help in Lemon Grove. So they got, it's a very innovative idea. They got federal funding for this. And essentially the city will match people's dollar uh, money, dollar for dollar. So if you spend $150, you'll get free $150 as long as you spend them with businesses that are in Lemon Grove. Um, And this to me is, it's interesting, it's innovative, but how effective is it going to be? 
And really, this money's coming from somewhere. I mean, it's not being uh, coming out of thin air. I mean, it's coming from your federal taxes. So in some cases, this is a bit of a recycle. Um, but how effective is this going to be? Now, apparently, local economists are saying, yeah, you know, it should help. Um, but it's only going to be just a very tiny fraction of the total dollars that are being spent in Lemon Grove. But I, I don't know. I, I kind of like to tip my hat to the the people in Lemon Grove, whether these are government officials, I'm sure the Chamber of Commerce is involved in this as well, that they're thinking innovatively. They're thinking out of the box. And um, I, I think it's cool. I mean, on, on that level. Now, the good news is, is that, now, frankly, I don't think the government should be involved in this in the first place. Um, so it's kind of a Maybe I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth. On one level, I like the innovation. On the other level, I don't think government should be involved in the first place. Hopefully, this is something that the Chamber of Commerce could manage um, and then kind of keep it in the private sector. But at any rate, it, I don't know. I just think it's an interesting story. And it gave me an excuse to put the big lemon on the screen for you at all enjoy. So all good. Hey, um, before we get to the next topic, if, um, if you're interested in supporting the podcast, if you like what we're doing, maybe you want to be a monthly contributor to the podcast, you can do so by going to my website at johnreillyproject.com. There's a donate button there. You can you can make a donation and help support this podcast if this is something you enjoy and you want to back it. We, boy, we'd be so appreciative of your help. Okay, um, let's move along. Lots of other topics to discuss here on my, on my notes. Okay, let's go to Imperial Beach. Um, this is another interesting topic here. And there we go, in Imperial Beach. Now, the outgoing mayor, his name is Serge Dedina. And he, I think he just wrapped up his, he just wrapped up his term as uh, the mayor of Imperial Beach. And he said housing is the number one issue in Imperial Beach. And what they're doing now is they're putting in some housing in IB. And it sounds pretty interesting. They're putting in two buildings. One is going to have 50 units of affordable housing for seniors. A second is going to be a community center. So, Again, remember, we're talking about housing. We're seeing housing going in in Rancho Penasquitos. We're seeing housing going in in Poway. We're seeing housing going in in Oceanside and in La Mesa. And everybody is in a kerfuffle about it because of the disruption in their community. Well, Imperial Beach doing the same thing. And what's interesting to me in this story is that the mayor said, the outgoing mayor said, that he has knocked on pretty much every door in the city of Imperial Beach, and it shocked him to discover how much poverty there was amongst the seniors. Now, apparently in Imperial Beach, about 10% of the people are over the age of 65. Of them, 20% live alone, and 14% of them have incomes below the federal poverty level. So he was really shocked by the amount of poverty amongst seniors in IB. So that's one of the bonuses of this particular project. It's an affordable housing unit for seniors, which, by the way, we've been talking a great deal about the potential of such a thing here in Poway. And in Poway, they did build one. It's It's been up for about a year or so. Um, on Poway Road, there's a lot of demand for more of it. Um, so, and then the second building they're building there is a neighborhood facility, a community facility that can be used by neighborhood groups and nonprofits for for public lectures and yoga and special events. So that's cool. They're building that there too, kind of upgrading the city. Um, and of course, neighbors are complaining about it. 
complaining about all the time. I am curious. The one part of the story that I wasn't able to figure out is how are they funding the project to make housing affordable for the seniors? Now, there's obviously a developer involved in this, but is the developer – the developer is probably not discounting it out of the goodness of their own heart. There must be some kind of funding that's coming in that is helping subsidize this. And I I wasn't able to figure that out yet. Is it coming from the federal, from the state? Is it coming from the citizens of Imperial Beach? I don't know the answer to that, but I'd like to know. If you have some thoughts or comments, you know, type them in on the live stream on either Facebook or on YouTube, and we'll get to that in the community forum. Okay, moving along. Let's bounce around. Let's go talk about Airbnb in San Diego. Now, this is a story that we talked about on Wednesday. And of course, there's been all of this disruption in neighborhoods, a lot of complaining uh, neighbors talking about short-term vacation rentals, people coming to San Diego. They take over a house in a neighborhood. They're only there for a week, and it's party city for a whole week. There's noise. There's chaos. There's cars parked on the street. There's trash. It's like a frat party. You know, that's Those are the stories you hear. And it's causing disruption all throughout these different communities. And so they've been lobbying the city government to do something about it. And so what they decided to do in San Diego is they wanted to limit the number of homes that could be available for short-term rentals all throughout the county, excuse me, all throughout the city, with the exception of Mission Beach. Mission Beach was a special case and they carved out a special rule for them. So what they decided to do is they said, okay, we're, we estimate that 1% of the homes are vacation rentals that's 5,400 homes. We're going to make uh, 5,400 um, opportunities available, but we expect to get more than that in submissions. And so we're going to make it a lottery. Maybe there are 8,000 um, vac- short-term vacation rental homes, and there's only 5,400 slots. So it's going to be a lottery, and you might win and you might lose. And they were expecting that it was going to hit that cap. Well, they closed all the applications on December 1st. And guess what happened? They were way, way, way short of the cap. Um, The cap was 5,400. They were expecting as many as 5,400 applications for this. They got less than half of that, less than half. Now, of course, in the Mission Beach plan, they were allotting 30% of those single-family homes to be eligible for short-term vacation rentals. And yeah, they hit that cap. And that one you kind of expected to see. But it was interesting to me that they fell so far short. And it makes you wonder why. Now, you know, I'm a huge fan of Airbnb. Man, I just love it. Whenever I travel, especially when I travel alone, I enjoy getting Airbnbs at kind of creative places, unique locations. People kind of make an effort to sort of decorate and spiff up their place to make it kind of cool. Um, The furniture, some of the surroundings, it's really fun. In my case, when I'm going on a road trip, When I'm going on my sabbaticals out in the desert, I'll find creative Airbnb spaces, and I really love that. Um, So I'm a big fan. I'm also a big fan of of homeowners being able to monetize their real estate, of being creative. Even homeowners that are able to kind of set up granny flats or partition a whole section of their house off with its own locked door entrance just for Airbnb, and they can, again, monetize and be a business person, be an entrepreneur. I mean, I think that's terrific. I love Airbnb. 
but the neighbors in San Diego don't. But it turned out that they really overestimated this. So why? Was it the complainers? Were they just making too big of a ruckus and over-exaggerated it? Or was it some of the politicians that were getting support of the complaining neighbors and, the, and those politicians then amplified their message within, within the city hall on the campaign trail? Did, did, was it over-exaggerated there? Now, there is some speculation that some people are short-term vacation rentals and they said, screw it, I'm not even going to apply. We'll just see what happens. I'm kind of doing this on the lowdown. They'll never know. So that's the speculation that some people are going to see what happens and how is this going to be enforced. But, you know, you have to pay $1,000 for a two-year permit. And what is that $1,000 going to be used for? To go out and enforce the plan. So you basically got to spend money to have yourself enforced, um, which is, again, kind of crazy. Um, so, And there's also some speculation that maybe some people are maybe getting out of the Airbnb business. Some of the complainers were kind of saying that. That, oh, the, the shine is off the uh, shared um, home market, that the shared home idea is losing its shine. Well, that did happen in 2020 and in 2021 because we were dealing with the pandemic. People couldn't travel. Hotels were shut down. Tourism largely shut down. People stay at home orders. And then even if you got to some other destination, couldn't go anywhere. Restaurants were closed and a lot of tourist attractions closed. So I bet you a lot of people that owned Airbnbs in San Diego County that saw this as a business opportunity, and all of them obviously do, they probably took a punch in the nose. You know, maybe they some of them converted them to traditional rentals, you know, on one-year, two-year leases. That might be part of what's happened here as well. Maybe that's why the numbers of these applications have dropped so much. So I'm just kind of curious to see how this shakes out because I find it to be very interesting. I think entrepreneurs should be given the liberty to be able to pursue these sorts of things, to monetize their assets and be creative and come up for new ways to make money, new ways to, to have additional revenue streams. This is how people are going to be able to build wealth, and build a more comfortable retirement for themselves. This is how younger people can gain leverage and start to build wealth at a much more accelerated rate than they would working for the man for an hourly job or a small salary job. There are lots of really creative things that can be done in this space. So we'll keep an eye on this story. Okay. And finally... Um, before we get to the community forum, we got one more story that I want to get into, and it's the decline of the housing market in San Diego County. Apparently, San Diego home prices dropped the fourth most in America. That's incredible. The fourth most. So you look at the numbers and home prices dropped 2.1% from August to September, which is for houses I mean, if, do the math. If you've got a million dollar house, just to, you know, because the median prices in San Diego is nine hundred thousand. So just to make the math easy, if you have a million dollar house, a two point one percent drop in one month is like twenty one thousand dollars. That's a lot of money. So, um, but other cities actually had greater drops than San Diego, Phoenix, Vegas, San Francisco, and Seattle. 
But the, the, the headline is kind of a distress headline, a tease headline. Oh, my God, prices are dropping. But still, overall, for the year, prices are up 9.5%, even though they dropped from August to September. Now, we should expect some more of this. I mean, we talked about this before, how as the Fed raises interest rates to get us out of this, of this recession – they're doing all kinds of collateral damage throughout the economy. You know, damage that's going to affect investments, that's going to affect real estate, that's going to affect how people finance things. It's going to slow down the the economy. That's the intent of it. But that inflicts a lot of damage. There's going to be more job loss coming for sure. It's just around the corner. And we're already seeing it in a number of sectors in America now. So, What's in the future here for San Diego? Now, it's interesting, too, that other cities, you look at Dallas, you know, the, the median home price in Dallas is less than half of San Diego. San Diego is 900000 Dallas 427000 Vegas 450 Phoenix 475 and Seattle it's 840 So those are the markets that, see, that saw a decline um, ahead of San Diego. But still, it's something. So if you're a homeowner, I wouldn't be distressed, not yet at least, um, because overall, we're still doing okay. Um, Okay, so again, thanks for joining me on this live stream podcast. You know, this is an experiment. Um, We're testing out the idea of talking about San Diego County headlines and, and commentary Of course, we welcome your thoughts and comments in the community forum. If you'd like to participate, just type in your question or your comment in the Facebook live stream or in the YouTube live stream. Um, But we want to cover more local content, more local news. You know, I've talked about how we did a good job, I think, covering a lot of our local elections here in the Rancho Bernardo Poway area, interviewing candidates for office. Um, is there an opportunity to do more of this sort of local news coverage? And and should I be expanding outside of my little five to 10 mile radius from Poway, which is the bulk of the, the news coverage that I've been managing on this podcast for the last the last number of years? So always interested in your thoughts and comments. Let me know. Of course, you can always email me at john at johnreillyproject.com. Okay, friends, um, have a great day. I'm going to try to sneak back and catch some of the Aztec game. I think the Tritons are on tonight, too. So hopefully both teams could come out victorious. And tomorrow, USA against the Netherlands. It's going to be up bright and early Saturday at 7. Hope you'll be watching with me. Have a great day, friends, and happy Friday. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed today's show, do me a favor, subscribe and then share it with a friend or leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Let's continue the conversation on social media. Go to connectwithjohnny.com to get links to our social media content, audio podcast platforms, and to sign up for our mailing list. To be a guest, read my blog, or get more information, please visit johnreillyproject.com to get started.